and it's Hotline League episode. I, we've had so many tech issues, and I forgot to check, and now I'm, I am I don't want to stop the local recording, so if you're watching the beginning of the show, you're hearing me stall while I wait to find... 74! It's hot. Yippity dippity dee! It's Hotline League episode 74. Uh, sorry about a lot of all the uh, issues. Um, we're hopefully, hopefully going to be able to fix it. Um, and uh, everything's going to be good. Mark Loud, Travis Quiet. Okay, I'm going to turn him down. Um, I, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring this. I need to go find their logo, uh, which is on my computer somewhere because I realize I don't have that yet. Look, it's just, it's been a long, a long day. Um, how are you doing, Mark? Uh, I'm doing great. I've uh, finished uh, the playing stage. That was fun. I'm nocturnal. That's I usually enjoy being nocturnal, but a, there's been like a lot of uh, like my family came to visit and all that stuff. So this has not been an, as enjoyable of a nocturnal ride as it usually is for me. Yeah, it's um, it's we should say it's I've been in in Vietnam for five days, and oh my out. Oh. Loud. Mark is too loud. Um, you're muted on Skype, right? Yep. Okay. I don't. I've turned you down so much. Um, somebody says Mark Z wrong mic. Someone said that, and I checked, so they're wrong. Okay. Um, I, are you guys able to hear Mark? Okay. Is he too loud? I turned it down a bit. Uh, either way, yeah. So this is day five for me. And I am, uh, it's been pretty fun uh, over here in Vietnam. Normally, you know, uh, Broden and I, we might stick around longer at, after the end of a tournament, but we decided to come in a little bit early, um, watch the plans online, but kind of explore Hanoi and wait for the, the tournament to get to us. And so that's what we've been doing. Um, and it's been, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. So uh, what, what did you cool. think of plans, Mark? I know you were talking about it right before the show started. Um, I was saying, well, we haven't seen G2, SKT, or IG, but I feel like they're all probably better than any of the teams coming from planes. A lot of NA fans are either, it feels like super down on TL or mad that everyone else is super down on TL. Um, so I'm somewhere in the middle where like, I'm not down on them. I think like they're a, a very good team, but I think you're having the former world champions, a Korean super team and a European super team. And then you're supposed to be the North American super team. Um, and it just feels like they are, but it's still maybe a little bit worse. So I think they're like a close fourth, but uh, the thing that I think a lot of people had an opinion on was their play in series versus Feng Vu where they yeah, crushed them. Because people were like, oh man, they suck and they're losing to a wild card team. Yeah, so I think, I mean, the thing that I said was this very much reminds me of TL's regular season and a lot of their games that they win where the first 15, 20 minutes look pretty competitive and then at the 25 minute mark, there's just like so much better. Like post 20 minutes, they're so much better in the mid game and team fighting. They just obliterate you and like close game ends instantly. And that's what happened in that series. So for me, I've watched them do that all split long. They've done that against mid tier uh, NA teams and then against the other top tier NA teams. They actually struggled a little bit and they 
you know, did not have a super good record versus TSM and C9, all things considered. So assuming SKT, IG, and uh, G2 are at TSM's level or higher, then TL has a really hard time getting uh, anything higher than fourth. Um, so that was my that was my takeaway from that series was not like, oh, God, we suck. It was just like, mm, it looks like we're going to have a hard time punching in higher than fourth. I right. think they'll be better than Flash Wolves, and I think they'll be better than uh, Feng Vu. Maybe they choke super hard, and like Flash Wolves ends up over them. I think they're a better team than Flash Wolves, but like that series did not excite me, even though we crushed them. Like just because I had seen, even though we were faster paced and it was a bloodier game, maybe it was not any different. It felt like to me than the stuff I had seen all split long. Yeah. So to you, you're like, okay, yep, this is Team Liquid, just doing Team Liquid stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and they're good. So it's not like, ah, fuck, we suck. It's just like, I don't know what I, I can't say exactly what I would like to see to, to feel better heading in against a team like G2 and stuff. But I think with how explosive solo lanes are right now, like I would have liked to have seen them crush solo lanes a little bit harder, or even crush bot lane a little bit harder because it does feel very lane centric right now. It's a similar meta to worlds, all things considered. Um, and they just didn't look fantastic at it. They looked fine. Yeah. I'm uh, trying to think of what, so plans happen, we're headed into groups, um, and it feels like everything shook out the way, there weren't really any surprises in plans, correct? No, I think the biggest surprise was actually the game that happened, or the series that happened last night, or this morning, depending on how you want to say it. Um, TL crushed Feng Vu, Flash Wolves, even though they lost the game to... Um, Vega, it was like a super weird cheese comp, and that's kind of what Vega's known for, so they lost the game, whatever. And so people were expecting Fungbu to crush them. They go up two games, they're crushing them like everyone's thinking, and then suddenly they just start losing and playing horrible. Uh, and some of the members of Vega start stepping up. Their jungler, Ananasik, is just taking over the games and almost carries them back. Oh, are you here, Travis? Yes, I'm here. Are we getting oh, You were lagging on. Well, I got some Fs in chat, and the video's freezing a little. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll just happen from time to time. I don't have a good solution for it. Mark? 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 Mark. Why can't I hear you? Did Mark, did you mute yourself? Can you hear me? Wave your hands if you can see hear me. Okay, so you can't hear me. Can you try to rejoin Discord, maybe? Wait, I can hear you now. Oh, wait, I, I can hear you now. Okay, great. Let's just say it was Discord. Yeah, man, Discord's such a... Are we we're not going to get sponsored by Discord. Discord is such a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll cut that part out. Um, sorry, I, okay. I'm trying to remember when I, I last... Oh, you were talking about the games this morning. Right, I was saying um, the games this morning, one team was crushing... It was Feng Vu, and everyone expected them to 3-0, and then they started playing really, really bad, and Ananasik, the jungler for Vega, started doing really, really good. And 
I was saying after game two that I thought there was no way this team could win because Gadget was so bad and so was Santos that there's no way that they could actually win this series and they almost brought it back. But then I was still right, so hooray. Hooray. It's always nice hooray. for you when, when you're correct, I know. Um, I didn't say it on, on, on broadcast because it okay. felt a little harsh. Yeah. Um, all right, so you've got that. So that happens. Uh, no super big surprises other than maybe that was an interesting match. Uh, what did you think of G2 going into this uh, this week? Because I feel like a lot of people are considering them more like the Western Hope, assuming they can play with their roster. You're, you're a little choppy for me, so I'm not quite sure exactly what you asked, other than G2, G2. thoughts. G2. G2. Uh, G2, I think, are really, really good, and I think they, they match the meta pretty well. Um, it does feel like a lot of solo lanes and flex picks, and they have two very good solo laners who can flex a lot of the champions back and forth. So I think they are well-suited for the meta. I think their solo lanes are super-duper good. Um, bot lane is a bit of a question mark, not just because of perks, but the sub-situation. Um, and so I think they'll be able to win a, a lot of games in the group stage off their solo lanes, but the problem that I see when they bump into IG... Um, because IG, both G2 and Fnatic played IG last time around at Worlds. And both Perks and Wonder kind of got destroyed by their solo laners. Oh, no, excuse me, uh, Caps and Wonder, the solo laners for, for G2 now, got dis- got destroyed by, by uh, IG. So given that the team is the exact same for IG, I think that those guys will, will struggle. Uh, versus IG, the question is how well their bot lane does and how well their soul lanes do versus SKT. Maybe a little bit closer, but Teddy's a monster, so I'm a little bit concerned for them. But I think uh, just the fact that their soul laners match up better against TL, I think they should be favored. But the bot lane is kind of the X factor. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in just a couple days, um, as everyone I know right now is moving from Ho Chi Minh to Hanoi to catch up with me and Broden. I'm pretty excited about that stuff taking off in just a bit. Uh, trying to think of what else that happened in the past week. So, uh, the Immortals and Optic rumor came out. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, had you heard that previously? Because I'd heard that previously. I had heard Optic was potentially looking to sell, not just like the League of Legends branch, or even like aren't they trying to sell their whole like? Yeah, there were something? there were several articles at the beginning of the year talking about how basically the parent company of optic, they reorged and then they were looking to sell stuff off. And like, so that org from a business perspective has been in free fall, despite what we've, you know, what they've said publicly, which has been, Oh no, everything's fine. Um, but I had heard a couple of weeks before, actually before the rumor came out about Dignitas coming back in, I'd heard this rumor about immortals. So, uh, I guess maybe it's coming clearer or nearer to fruition since we've now heard or we've seen an article pop up about it. Uh, but I think, yeah. man, how embarrassing is it for Riot if you made a bet on these two orgs and then actually the orgs that you didn't take are the ones that come back? Yeah, that's that's not a good look. Because it, I mean, it raises questions about like these these investors that came in, how invested were they really? If after a year and a half they're like, uh, we're out. Yeah. Um, 
versus the more endemic esports teams, which got outside investment. Um, I guess you know Optic is an endemic, but not necessarily to the league scene. Right. Um, and well, it makes, they, you, I mean, makes they, you wonder, like, from a funding perspective, they were not endemic. Like, I mean, they they were an esports endemic organization, but like their all their financial backing it was as if it was a brand new. Well, I think the concern for me. Well, you're talking about Optic, right? Versus yeah. like Clutch, which is right. 100% like a new organization. Yep. Um, the thing that like I get concerned about was like, did these outside investors just get like super upsold on what it meant to be, you know, in esports, and they didn't realize that they weren't going to see returns for a super long time? Like, you know, I mean, where where is the disconnect? Story. Yeah, where where was the disconnect between like reality versus what you were pitched that makes you go like, oh, get me out. I think it's called a Newsy report. I don't know if you're familiar enough with those, but that's kind of like there are these really weird reports that everybody kind of memes about on the business side of esports, where you know it's always like esports is. You know what grow. it is, Travis? Do you have a do you have a noise gate on your your Discord? Possibly. I will. Uh, Can you I will take mess that? With that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cause I think that's what because like you're not choppy in like a laggy sense. You're just like cutting in and out a little bit for me. Are you hearing yourself now? Uh, no, I'm not hearing myself, and you sound fine. Okay. Um, so Sorry about that. yeah, I think I feel like it was a newsy report. Is like that's what the difference is. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Well, no, I'm not. Break it down for me. Uh, so there's several of these like esports analytics or not analytics, but like esports valuation companies or whatever news you puts out these, you know, business reports, these biz dev reports that are like, um, oh, you know, we've done the research and esports teams are valued at 500 bajillion dollars, you know, and I think the people within the industry who are more familiar with the numbers always look at these things and scratch their heads, but then they use these numbers in their pitch docs and, and their sponsor stuff and all that because... They sound great, and it's here's this like third-party company that's validating the numbers, um, and so I just I I worry that I mean you and I had talked privately I think in the past, and I've made references to it in my content about how I worry that certain aspects of this industry are inflated. You've got companies that are making zero dollars that are claiming that they're worth bajillions of dollars, and uh, and I I think you know there's variations of that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for a clutch or an optic, you know, optic went in, they bought an overwatch spot, a league of legends spot. A lot of people don't know that their parent company launched like an apparel company and a sponsorship company and all these things. And then, you know, none of it worked. So they just started to flop, you know? Yeah. I think that that's, that's my thing is. There's a lot of people who I think get sold on the dream and the vision and where it can go. And they're not like, well, here are the current pitfalls potentially like no one, because there's such a vested interest in getting people into the scene and getting more money into the scene that you don't, you know, be like, well, here's the downsides. Here's the risks. Yeah. I mean, on the like, clutch front, the, I think, did I talk about this on the last episode or the episode where we talked about it, where I heard rumors that there was a, the rockets, Sold or there were like the Fertitas came in as new owners, I believe, right around the time that people in Twitch chat will probably be more familiar with those. Right around the time that Clutch entered the LCS and that whole process was begun, and the rumor I had heard is that the uh, 
the new Rockets ownership were less interested in esports and probably would not have, you know, initiated that process. Right. They've been there from the beginning. Well, that's that's a more fair thing. Like that's what you hope, I guess. That they, it's not like they were sold on the wrong dream. It's like other people came in. They're like, yeah, we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as 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 not good as that is, at least it didn't show an initial problem. Twitch chat is just talking uh, about whether or not Reggie should step down and TSM sucks. So I don't know, but um, uh, I don't know if they're they're catching our conversation or not. But either way, yeah, I, it's like, just Twitch chat. What people I think also don't realize is the Immortals that comes back is probably not the Immortals that was here before. I mean, I don't even know how much of the staff over here over there is the same anymore. Noah's supposedly leaving. Um, he's like traveling the the Midwest, like he's Mark Zuckerberg getting ready to campaign. Um, and I mean, that's the, well, Noah's, the rumor is Noah's leaving. I don't know if that's been announced. And um, I mean, Robert Yip is with TL. Nick Fan is with FlyQuest. You know, like yeah. their, their org is kind of blown up. Yeah. Like it's, um, it doesn't, on the it's not front. even the same. I don't feel like it's even the same company that was there in the LCS to begin with. So, I think Wait, no, Robert, Robert, I was thinking of Dodo, excuse me. Robert Yip is, um, I think, still with the org, actually. Is he? Yeah. I think he moved over to their Overwatch team. Um, I mean, regardless. Yeah, I was thinking Dodo, sorry. It is yeah, really a not, lot of their people are elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Zig says Misfits. So Okay. Regardless, drugs, so whatever. regardless, it is not the same company or the same org. So uh, I think it's, I, I guess maybe that doesn't matter to fans and all they're going to care about is like, Hey, immortals, the brand, we like that. Or certain immortals fans can be happy about it or whatever. Um, and certainly it feels like that brand had more fans than optic, but it's like, I just, I see no evidence that any of the things that fans were used to from immortals, maybe like their ability to build a winning roster or their commitment to spend a lot or their, I don't know, Noah's notes. Uh, like, I don't think any of that's going to be here anymore. So it's almost kind of like, in my mind, it won't, it'll be the same or sorry. It won't be the same. Yeah. 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 Which is unfortunate because then you wonder, would this have happened if you just kept him in initially or something? Right. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know yeah, enough about the, sure the politics of Noah leaving if he was pushed out or if he got bored with it or what happened. But, um, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, there was one of the oh CLG got rune to Darshan. That's another. Oh yeah. Uh, topic. I guess we're just gonna Darshan. talk instead. Darshan was like it's that was already such a struggle for me because I think on this show even I had talked about how I felt like they shouldn't have kept Darshan around, and I actually feel like Darshan's one of those players who could go off to another team and find success. You know we've seen it before with like Spence Garen who looked. Uh, pretty mediocre on TSM and then looks great on C9. Uh, you know, all the players that had left CLG and then found success elsewhere. So I hope Darshan ends up someplace else and can prove himself. But I'm, I mean, they should have, he should have left CLG at the start of this year. So this felt inevitable. I mean, I don't think Darshan was a huge problem last week. He had some games where he, he died. Um, but they also, I thought they had a lot of other problems, like what they're doing with their roster and with their swapping. Some of their drafts were crazy. 
I think they had a lot of other problems, and I don't think Darshan fixed a lot of them. But I felt but like, I, like having him around, like they needed to have that roster feel like a brand new roster. I feel like, and and keeping Darshan was, it didn't feel like a brand new roster. Well, so like the weird thing with CLG is it's other than Stixay, it's a completely different roster from the 2016 one that that went to MSI and all that. The coach is different. Every every lane is different now with Darshan leaving aside for Stixay, right? And it's like the way that they got there though was so slow. Where every split, it's a new piece, right? And it doesn't feel like they ever blew up and rebuilt or anything. Yeah. And then because I don't think Darshan was the biggest problem or something like that, even if Rune comes in and it's pretty good, like what they go from a seventh place team to at best to sixth, like, is that good getting back in the playoffs? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to imagine CLG making it into playoffs because I, like in my mind, Hundred Thieves is gonna make big moves to, to reset their their shit, and they will make it into playoffs. And so you have to think, okay, well, if Hundred Thieves is pushing a team out, you know, is CLG also gonna push a team out? That it just it feels like it's gonna. I don't I don't feel like CLG fans can be really excited about Summer Split. Or like I think Golden Guardians was good. And they can potentially improve. I don't think I think Echo Fox gets pushed out, right? Um, but then, like you're saying, who's who's the one actually getting that spot? Is it Hundred Thieves that get revitalized? Is it CLG? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Well, I think those are maybe the big stories. Um, I can't think of of. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? I'll go check the top of the subreddit real yeah, quick. Yeah, I was just doing that. Last week. Um, and Twitch chat, maybe. I mean, oh, there was the walkout. Um, so we talked about that on the last episode. And Well, now it actually happened. And yeah. now it actually happened. Uh, somewhere between 100 and 150 people walked out. Um, good good on them, by the way. Like, I, as I have such mixed feelings on Riot as a company because I feel like there are really amazing experiences that the employees can have there and amazing stuff to work on. And there's amazing individuals there on the management side. And then it sounds, and then I also hear like from, from people I know some pretty shitty stories about what it can be like there and the challenges that people face. And the fact that like, whenever they, you know, I've heard from people who've had shitty experiences and then go to try to find support from the internal support structures there and are told, you know, basically that they're crazy or that they, you know, that your issue is not we'll looking to it. And then, yeah. So, um, I, like it, it's been hard for me as a person who believes a lot in this company over the past seven to eight months to reconcile, like, a lot of the personal knowledge and experience I've had with that company with the stories that I've heard. But as I've, you know, digged in, dug into it, it's, it's like you realize that there's a lot of big issues at that company, uh, more than I knew. And I, I'm happy and proud of the people who decided to do this because I feel like 
I feel like the video game industry as a whole has a lot of glamour over it, and the companies yeah. kind of get to abuse that. Um, and we're starting to see that glamour fall away. I think it's the kind of thing where video games are so fucking cool that people tend to <laughs> gloss over like the the problems in the industry. Like as as fans, um, I mean it's probably true for every industry now that I think about it. Other than like maybe music, ah, music even you know like every industry has its problems. Uh, but I think the video game one is is pretty substantial and. What was interesting to me was when, like, I was reading ESPN type up about a lot of this stuff. Is like what this walkout was specifically about. Yeah, uh, Emily Rand has a great write up that I recommend people go check out. Right, because like I, I obviously knew about a lot of the things going on at Riot and stuff, but I didn't know about the forced arbitration, which is what this is mostly about. It seems like, as well as um, the fact that, as as far as I saw reported, this is the first walkout in the gaming industry history. So, like, in a lot of ways, this that stuff's all, like, really important and cool, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I just hope things get better over there. And, um, and again, I'm, like, proud. I'm very personally proud of the people that decided to participate in this because, you know, this stuff can be kind of spooky. Rabble-rousers at companies tend to not do as well as the com- as a the team players and um, people are certainly risking their situations internally by doing this type of stuff. So i um, happy to see people having that strength. Anyway, uh, I think, you know, we, it's going to be a shorter episode because we're, we had a bunch of tech uh, technical issues in the beginning, but uh, if you want to go ahead and explain how the show works and how people can call in, that'd be great. Yeah, so we'll probably only take like three calls, three or four calls. Um, but if you want to call in, the way the show works, I'm spamming Twitch chat right now with the link to the Discord. You're going to go ahead and join up there. Once you get there, join either Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls to voice channel and you can mute your mic once you're in there. Uh, and then in the text channels just above those Pleb, pleb topics, go ahead and type whatever it is you want to get uh, talk about. You know, Hopefully you have opinions, not just like... I want to talk about G2. So, you know, say what it is so I know what I'm pulling you for. I think G2 soul laners are great. They're going to smash and it won't be a problem. Uh, whatever it is, if we like your take, we'll pull you into the waiting room where uh, when it is your turn, I'll come in. We'll do a quick mic check to make sure everything's working and then we'll pull you into the on-air room. By the way, people blasted us on the last episode for not talking about Thorne's video, which came out after the last episode. But we got a lot of dislikes <laughs> on YouTube, and it's just people be like, "How dare you not talk about this?" Um, it's it, now it feels a little bit like old news. But uh, one, it sounds pretty shitty what happened with him in terms of getting baited and then getting canceled. Like that's pretty fucked up, and I don't know why. It seems like it'd be really simple for them to just be like, "Hey, sorry, it didn't work out. Here's some money." Um, and you know, like, it's not that difficult for a company that big to try to make amends. Um, I am surprised that people are surprised that Riot would not want Thorne on a broadcast. Like, okay, I consider Thorne a friend of mine, but Thorne also has no, like, he, he rarely filters himself on some pretty controversial political opinions. 
And whether or not you agree with the political opinions or not, right now Riot is fighting a battle for uh, their own identity in, on that front. And I feel like bringing Thorin in, into all of that is just... Like, I, like I, I, I was just surprised in multiple ways by all this stuff. And by the way, like, this is the part where I share my opinion and then a bunch of people get angry at me for having an opinion that's not just like, Riot sucks and how could they do this and blah, 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 blah. And so it's one of those types of things where, like, I oftentimes feel like the community and the YouTube commenters and all this shit only want to hear my opinion if it's the opinion that agrees with them. And then if I, I express it, they're like, wait, no, that's not what you were supposed to say. You're supposed to say the exact thing that I think. Um, but on this topic, I'm just like, look, uh, Thorne has had uh, stuff that he has said before has gotten him blocked from IEM events. Um, he said it was not too long ago that he was saying that whole thing about how Alex Jones is a G and then having to like elaborate his position on that. Um you know, like this, he has a controversial past. Riot is in a controversial, is in a very controversial position right them, themselves right now. It does not surprise me that they're not interested in courting more controversy by having a figure who does that. And by the way, that's like Thorne's thing. Like he loves being unfiltered and sharing his thoughts and saying whatever he wants. And that is not Riot's thing. Like these are two very different groups of, or at least two different entities, they're very different. Uh, like, I just, I'm surprised that people are surprised. Now, again, if the whole thing about them saying he was going to come, he booked his travel and all that shit, and then they told him to fuck off, that's pretty shitty, and I don't understand why they didn't just, like, solve that problem, especially because from a PR front, like, they would just have, they could have given him some cash, and he probably would have gone away. Um, so I don't know what happened there, but... I don't know. That's my whole take on it. I know it's harder for you, Mark, because you work with some of the broadcast team and stuff, so I don't know. Well, so funnily enough, I, uh, I've been pretty busy, and I actually haven't watched that video. <laughs> um, and what happened was I woke up the day that he posted it at like 5 p.m., because I'm nocturnal right now, um, and I just saw that he was complaining about Reddit mods taking down a video of his called Thor and thoughts for not having substantiated claims or something. And it's like, well, it's an opinion piece, you know, you know? Um, and so I, I replied to his thing that was like, Oh, I always thought Thorin thoughts were factual or something, you know? And then like, I didn't, then I read the title and like what everyone was talking about in the video. And I was like, Oh shit, I should delete this. <laughs> Cause I, that was not a good tweet yeah. in context. So I was like, oh, now that I see the context of this, I should actually go and watch the video. But then, like, by the time I was up, I had to go into Riot for, like, uh, um, play and stuff. So, like, I actually haven't had a chance to watch it. And so I don't actually have anything to add. Like, it, it probably, like you said, would be hard to comment on if I actually knew the context. All I know is that it was a bunch of stories about problems people have had with Riot or something and his own one with going to China for hosting a desk. Yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't know that he paid for travel. And then like, I, I didn't even know that much. Uh, some people say, except Thorne still gets invited by the CSGO circuit. Yeah. But the CSGO circuit is in a different situation than Riot. Um, and somebody else said something about how I'm a shell. Uh, here's somebody saying I'm a cuck. And 
Somebody said I should be. Somebody said Travis should be as, or everyone should be as vanilla as Travis. See, this is the frustrating thing, uh, and this is what I talked about. Big, people big are agree. like, people are like, <laughs> Travis is a shill. He won't, or he he's a he's so vanilla he won't share his opinion on anything. And then I share my opinion, and people are like, that's not my opinion. I'm just gonna make fun of him, and call him names. And I'm like, okay, so. I, like, do you, is the idea that I'm just supposed to like fake having the same opinion as everybody, and then that's how people will like me? Uh, I I just I don't get it. Like, p- people want me to share my opinion, and they think I'm afraid to share it. But then I, when I share opinions that I know people aren't gonna like, I get made fun of. So I I don't know what the uh, uh, Twitch chat is. I mean, anyway, he's got a. Shrug it off. I, I had a video once where I was like, being a pro, I forget what, why people started talking about. People were like, man, they just sit there and play video games all day. And I was like, actually, it's really fucking hard. And your life sucks when you're a pro player because this is all you get to do. And a bunch of people were like, brr, it's not that bad. Yeah. You get that all the time. People people disagree. Yeah. I, I wish uh, Cuck was a word when I made that video. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't around yet. If all my opinions are so boring and safe, then why is it that whenever I share them, I get so many dislikes on YouTube? TSM fans are delusional. Anyway, uh, Mark, <laughs> like, I, in my opinion, the safe opinions are the ones where people, like, upvote and say, Travis is great, we totally agree with them. Like, leading into the group think on stuff, those are the safe opinions. The, the ones are, the unsafe opinions are the ones where I'm like, okay, I'm going to share this opinion, people are going to get angry, this video is going to get disliked. It'll do worse in the YouTube algorithm. My numbers will be worse, and my other videos will get hit hard. But I'm going to say. Anyway. But here's the thing, Travis. You agreed with Riot in some sense, so therefore you're a shill. I mean, the funny thing is, usually I disagree with everybody, um, and and you know, there's this there's this weird rising tide recently. I talked about this on the last episode, where people are like, Travis is such a Riot shill. I'm like, really? Go watch the interview with Riot Chopper from Spring Finals and tell me I'm a shill because I was asking questions there that nobody else is asking Riot about, like, the rumored 100 Thieves boycott and, I don't know, a bunch of other shit. Um, whatever. Uh, shall we actually move on to callers? No, I want to hear you complain some more about fans watching your videos. I just, it, it's so nonsensical, and anybody who ever thought about it for a second would figure it out. Um, but anyway, uh, if you are, if I feel like we've probably got some people in the waiting room, looks like we do. Yep. Uh, I should mention by the way, that if you are a sub, feel free to put your topic in the subtopic chat. Um, and you can, uh, get pulled in there. Uh, it moves a little bit slower there, so maybe we'll catch you. Uh, we might not have too many, too much room for calls this uh, episode because as we said, we had some tech issues. Uh, Mark is pulling the next caller. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read out some uh, subs. Thank you, everyone who sticks around. And by the way, I know a bunch of people say like, "Hey, you're you're only reading the hater comments." Well, it's tough. Go look at the like to dislike ratio on the last one. It's way different. Or the last hotline leak is way different than the other ones. Hey, we've got Matthew here. Matthew, where are you calling from? I'm uh, calling from Maine. From where? Hey. Maine. Maine. Okay. Is that close to you, Mark? Uh, It's not that close. It's like five or six hours. Well, depending on where you go in Maine. 
yeah. like five hours north of the Boston area. Well, uh, Matthew, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I want to talk about how like this is the most competitive MSI we've ever had, and I don't think like the odds are skewed to like one team. Like I think in the past, it's been like ninety percent the Korean team's going to win, with the exception of last year. Um, I also think it's really likely that G2 or Team Liquid will make finals because of this. Um, I don't think any team's like really far ahead. I actually have percentages here uh, for like Maybe. each team respectively. I have IG at 40%, SKT at 30%, G2 at 15%, Team Liquid at 10%, and Flash Wolf at 5%. Sorry, Fongbu, you don't really get a percentage, but i think like this is the most like competitive we've ever had and i think like as a fan just watching it is like much more exciting because i don't really know what's gonna happen uh i would say hmm. see i like as a north american fan i especially one who is like pretty timid about team liquid's chances and g2's chances it's hard to feel as though this is much more like up in the air than previous uh, tournaments. I mean, well, so I think no, the top. I was, I was gonna say, I think the top end is, is probably a little closer. I feel, I feel like, in that sense, usually you come into MSI with a clear cut favorite, um, and maybe it doesn't always work out. Like when EDG upset them, or when, uh, you know, they lost last last one. Uh, but I think this time, like IG is the favorite to me. And I actually have him as, as I personally think that they will probably win. Um, but like, you know, RNG won last time, stuff like that. I think all the teams should be very good. Like a lot of these are super teams within their own regions. And that's what makes it really, really hype. Uh, and there was an interesting discussion I was having last night with someone about how, like, if it is true that one through four are really, really close, that makes the upset potential of some of the other people like, like good. So if someone loses a close game, like let's say IG, because in the past IG has sometimes like kind of inted a best of one, <laughs> like uh, if they int int a little bit into Team Liquid or something, then Team Liquid picks up a win versus IG. It kind of throws the whole group up in the air, where like someone who should be the fourth place team is suddenly the third place team and then they're playing the second place team in the quarterfinals and suddenly like maybe you get these weird like NA versus EU uh, semifinal matchups where one of the West is making the finals or something, you know? If, if yeah, it actually is as close as people are saying. Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting if like IG and SKT matched up like early in like the first or second round so it forced like the finals to be with a uh, Western region. And assuming like Flash Wolves doesn't make it out of groups, yeah, like, I think they match up. I just want. I don't think Flash Wolves. If, Sorry, go Travis. No, I was just gonna say if that happens, I just don't want. Like those scenarios are always really cool until the Western team gets smashed in the finals. Um, and so that's the problem for me is like, yes, maybe it would be cool if we end up with like West West East East and then, you know, West East finals. But then whenever it just becomes like a crappy 3-0 because the western team crumbles it's like it's just a bummer i guess but like i feel like that just happens sometimes anyways <laughs> like, yeah. no i mean it's true I just, been, i'm like there's been three o's between east versus east versus east has has had those as well you know where it's just like oh wow that team got crushed yeah goodbye yes i feel like historically you probably have a better chance of a 
good final if it's east-east and east-west, but I know what you mean. But it just happens sometimes. All right, and I think even if you get the Western team in there, like, Fanatic fans probably don't regret getting to the finals even if they did get just slammed. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, no, you it's know, good for the region, for sure. Get there. Yeah, yeah. I guess... I guess to your point, yes, I would rather have a East-West finals where the West gets slammed than have it be an East-East finals where it's like a four-game series. But it still doesn't feel good in either of those situations, you know? Yeah, the ideal one is West versus East in a five-game epic. But Yeah. Well, if you have a team like G2 in the finals who will just do crazy stuff, they could literally just win off a tree strategy. So I probably, like, if it's G2 in the finals, it probably won't be a 3-0. They'll probably do, like, some weird comp and pull off a game or something. I think you can maybe do that, but, like, it's super hard to, to win a series like that. Like, historically, in best of fives in international competition, I can't remember a team that has, like, advanced through the best of five with, like, super cheese. And, like, people like not. to talk about, like, the EDG, like, Morgana mid-pick. Like, that's some super cheese. Like, it's not... Um, you know, like if, if SKT lost to Misfits two years ago with like the Leona picks and like all that weird stuff, I'd be like, God damn, that's incredible. But it, it just generally doesn't. No, I didn't mean like winning you. Yeah. I didn't mean like win the series. I just meant like to Travis's point, like of a three Oh, I was just saying like G2 uh, would probably pull off like at least a game in the finals because of a cheese strategy. So it wouldn't be like just a three Oh stop. Yeah. I, I couldn't maybe see that. I think, uh, I'm hoping that you're right, that it is very competitive. Um, and I think no matter what group stage will be sick because it is such a uh, carry focused meta in the solo lanes. And there's so many good solo laners in the tournament that like, there'll be a lot of sick pop-off games. There'll probably be some upsets. So I have no doubt the, the, the playing stage and the group stage will be dope. I'm, I hope that the, uh, actual, you know, fine or knockout stage does not turn into like, 3-0, 3-0, and in the finals is a 3-0 because it's so skilly, swingy kind of thing. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm just, for me personally, I'm going into this tournament with zero expectations. Um, I'm trying not to get too excited because I think it's really hard to feel confident in the West. Look, I mean, maybe there's a world where TL goes on some massive terror and it's sick, but I... I just don't really know what to expect, and that usually makes me feel like it's not going to be great. So, either well, way, I mean, uh, if it's not competitive this year, it may never be. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything in particular about this year that makes it like a make it or break it year. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you never know how, how regional strengths are going to trend. Um, I think... The, the most interesting or one of the more interesting things besides the fact of the entire tournament, but like EU versus NA strength of region stuff. Like if I really hope G2 and TL get to play in, in the knockout stage, because it has so much to say about uh, rift rivals coming up and the strength of the regions where like NA was super competitive at the top and G2 is slammed Europe. And so if TL is competitive versus G2, then that means that maybe we have a stronger region and like G2 or Europe has more work to do, at least on the top end. Um, so I think that that is another like there's a lot of cool storylines going on beyond just like who's going to win this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, Matthew, any final thoughts? 
Um, not really. Um, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, shout out to Alienware. Yeah, thanks, dude. Have hey. a good one. You too. Um, Mark, actually, I, I want to pause really quickly, not for the ad break, which we'll do after the next call, but that is one thing. You mentioned Rift Rivals. I did plan on bringing this up at the start of the show. When is Rift Rivals? Um, so actually, we do know, but only from what I can tell from a graphic that has been shown on screen at the end of one of the LCS broadcasts. Um, let me see if I can find... Uh, because somebody tweeted at me just for the people that want to know, but I think it's really frustrating that there's no where on the website seemingly that you can find the rift rival states. I mean, this goes into like the pile of complaints I've made about how riot, uh, you know, p shares information about this stuff. Oh, somebody DM'd it to me. That's right. And, um, okay, here we go. I think I found it. Okay. Rift Rivals is June 24th to the 30th. So anybody who cares about it, you'll check it out then. Um, so one, I just frustrating. Two, we don't know where it is. Um, and that's less than two months away from us, and we don't know if it's in the EU studio or the NA studio. What the hell? Right. Hmm. No comment. That's fine. For what's uh, worth, I've yeah, heard it's in that's LA. That's frustrating, though. I've heard it's in LA. What's that? I've heard it's in LA. I'm just saying that now because I'm so. I was like, should I just say this or not? Um, but like, given that it's less than two months out, and we all have to like talk about Rift Rivals and the teams that are going to be at Rift Rivals and all that shit, but we have. They won't say where it is. I'm just tired of it. So I'm just going to say I've heard that it's in L.A. Well, maybe this is my new rule. If Riot doesn't announce something and where it's <laughs> going to be before two months hit. We'll announce it for them. I'll just say. But, yes, I've the last I've heard it's in Los Angeles. So whatever. Let's move on to the next call. You should make a, a knockoff NA eSports site. And where you just like behind the scenes, Jacob Wolf get all the information, but then like write the article for them <laughs> and put it all out. Yeah. Um, um, I'm on edge. Today. I'm sorry. I think it was the technical issues earlier, but uh, I'm a little. Was it the here. chat spamming this? Fuck this channel. There's no content. No, no, no. Was it? Was that the copy pasta that, that got Twitch. to you? I love Twitch chat. I think I'm just frustrated about the technical issues. Um, and other things that like just like that Rift Rivals thing has been on my 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 mind for a while. Um, either way, Alrighty. go Are grab somebody else. I'll shout out some names. Uh, Muntzalicious for eleven months, Frigio for eight months, uh, Tom Shu, Shadow Five Five Four, Sadistic Nero. Usernames are taken. Sablefly for sixteen, Superior Spider Man for two. OPTSM man uh, for 15, Easy Moto for 15, Killing You Guy, one year. Thank you, Killing You Guy. Uh, Kermit Stoku for 16, and the C Cub uh, coming in. But Holtz, Holtz, H O L T Z, Nihilist Gamer, OPTSM fan, and Black Inferno. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to the next caller. Mark should be coming back here any second. Oh, did they release this? They tweeted the spring split date, Scamler. 
So apparently the spring split date has been in the rule book this entire time. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that. And they had uh, they had shared it previously uh, in a in a post about when tickets would go on sale. So um, they had talked about spring split starting, though I just wish they'd add it to their schedule. It's really annoying whenever they have like a schedule on their site and like, okay, I'll go look at the schedule for the thing that's starting in less than a month. And it's just not there. I don't know why. Why Riot can't do that stuff. It drives me crazy. How many years of this? C9 Jack says, who reads the rule book? That's a quote from a team owner. Uh, Zandrobe is here. Zandrobe, where are you calling from? It's like... I missed a funny conversation. What's that, Mark? Did we miss a funny conversation about rule books? Oh, uh, I was just talking about how apparently the summer split start date had been in the LCS rule book all year long. And it's just funny that it's just been sitting there, but like they don't put it anywhere or put it on the schedule. And Jack put in chat, who reads the rule book? Uh, which I thought oh, was okay. funny to hear from an owner. Anyway, Zandrobe, you're calling from Iowa. Yes, I am. And you are a Twitch subscriber. Thank you very much for being a Twitch sub. You're welcome, welcome. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show? I assume it's going to be Team Liquid related since your Discord icon is a Team Liquid icon. Uh, half and half, yeah. So I want to talk about how G2 is uh, way overrated. I, I think that they're, they were not challenged in Europe all year. Um, the the team that I think would have challenged them didn't even make it to the finals in Fnatic. I think uh, Caps and Wonder uh, aren't going to be able to smash their solo lanes as hard as they did, and so they're not going to be able to like play just off of their individual skill that they were able to win Europe with. Um, and I also want to say that TL will make the finals. TL will make the finals. So your your take is G2 sucks and TL will make the finals. Well, G2 doesn't suck, but I think they're overrated. Okay. G2 is overrated. Let's let's figure out what overrated means because we agree. You said their solo laners are are not going to get their advantages. They'll get them against G2. They'll get them against Feng Vu and Flash Wolves, right? You think that? Or do you think Flash Wolves can, can keep them in check as well? I think that uh, they're better than Fong Vu, but I think that with Flash Wolves, I think it's half and half. I think Caps will definitely uh, win the mid lane, but I, I, don't, I think Hanabi for the Flash Wolves, I think he does have the ability to win his lane in, in top lane against uh, Wonder. So I, I, I'm not saying that they'll smash Flash Wolves, but I think like caps will be able to take the take it and take control of the game okay well so the overrated part is simply that tl is better than them then because it sounds like i, I mean i think g2 soul laners are good enough to crush fong vu and uh flash wolves that's not to say that the, the games won't get bloody and like all over the place but like i think their soul laners are good enough to carry them against those two i also think perks is like not bad i'm not saying he's a non-factor but um, I think it really is the, the solo lanes that are going to matter in this tournament. 
Uh, and I think they're good enough to beat those two. It sounds like you're in agreement with that. And the question is just, are they the fourth, the third or the second best team? Right. And you're saying second and third, no way. They're definitely the fourth. Uh, well, I, I could see them actually taking fifth too. Cause I do think that flash Wolves could beat them. And, and, and I think flash Wolves could surprise people. I know that they had not the best series against Vega, um, I think Perks is not as good of a bot laner as Betty. Um, and without Mickey X playing, I think the bot lane is even more crippled for G2. So I do think that with a possibility of top lane going even and then bot lane possibly going in Flash Wolf's favor, that Flash Wolf's could actually take fourth over G2. Twitch chat is in strong disagreement with you, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> hey, Twitch chat is always right if we've That's learned true. anything. It's true. I think so. I'll, what I'll say is, like I said earlier, if the top four teams are all really close and someone slumps and loses a couple games and one of them is against one of these fourth or the fifth or sixth place teams, like maybe, maybe they can they cannot end up in, in the top uh, in, in the knockout stage, but I think for the most part, the top four teams are pretty clear cut, and I feel like Flash Wolves and Fungu are, are below that. Uh, so the problem with me is we've seen Caps versus Jensen, and I think Jensen's gotten a little bit better with the meta. I think his his ability to play the meta last Worlds was actually a problem where he wasn't really playing Akali or Aurelia and was just on Lissandra duty, and I feel like he's not in that. So hopefully he matches up better versus Caps. But in this last time they played, he got destroyed by Caps. So I think there is a concern for Team Liquid versus them that Caps will uh, have a, a very good showing, as well as I, I'm, I think Wonder will be able to take advantage of Impact. And so if you're losing both solo lanes, which I think is pretty probable, I, I have a hard time imagining Team Liquid being better than them. Now it's best of one, so maybe Team Liquid can still win. But um, It's going to be the classic North American, like, international tournament where it's going to be like hey double ifs in the bot lane we're losing our solo lanes who's going to win the team that won the solo lanes or the team that's got double ifs in the bot lane and is going to protect the adc and all that shit yeah but the thing is team liquid's playing carries top like they did it all playoffs and they did it in the matchup versus feng Wu, and i don't expect that to change i think like the meta is carry top for the most part so they're going to play the meta and then it's like a lot of skill matchups. And even if it's not skill matchups, like, okay, this one's favored, but you have to execute on it really well to actually like use the Jace effectively or whatever it is. So, uh, I'm concerned about that for TL, even if double does hard slam perks, he needs to be hard slamming with two losing solo lanes. Probably. Do you, uh, which is tough. <clears throat> do you think that, do you think that if, if, there's so much agreement that impact is not going to do great in the top lane that they should stop playing like carry tops and just sort of focus around winning through bot. Mm, I don't think so. I know tanks got some buffs, but I don't really think tanks can, can survive that well in the current meta. Like, um, 
there's specific tanks that counter specific carry matchups, but with how many flexes there are, it's like really hard to guarantee you're going to get that. And then even if you do get that, it's usually not like you beat them. It's like you can hopefully go even, but you probably still don't have push priority or anything like that. And if the enemy team has priority mid and they roam up top, then they can still dive the tank and set them super far behind. So like, I feel like, I feel like tanks are actually pretty hard to execute on, uh, right now. And they're not like tank right now is not like pick tank and you're safe and fine. And you can focus elsewhere. Pick tank is like pick tank. So your team fighting might be better, but you still have to make it through a tough laning phase. Probably. Any other thoughts, Sandro? No, just uh, go TL. I know they're going to make it to the finals. Nice. I mean, hey, yeah, dude, I, we, we, I guess we we didn't talk too much about your your position there other than that you felt like G2 wasn't going to do it. But uh, either way, hopefully they make it for you. Thank you, Zandro. Thank you, guys. Yeah, everyone. The, the good thing is you can you can call back in after, after they make finals and rub it in our face. Yes. I mean, that's what this is all about. This is just a show where people can make these types of predictions. Uh, I do want to say thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Just take a quick break right now. See if I have a video to show you guys. I don't at the moment, but that's okay. Actually, I'll pull it up off of YouTube. Um, but they actually did a pretty cool thing for us at... Uh, St. Louis, where they were able to help us make a live hotline league happen. Um, and I know that this is something that I had a great time doing. I think Mark did as well. Just kind of fun seeing all the mm-hmm. uh, folks come out and watch the show live. And it's a little bit of a different experience from, you know, the next day where you're going to have, uh, you know, an arena full of fans going crazy. Um, and anyway, we have a video here that I have over on my YouTube channel. I'm just going to drop it onto the screen. And we can watch it really quickly, just sort of showing what they and, and Intel were able to do um, and how they helped us out. So without further ado, I'll load this up. Hopefully everything works okay. Hi. Here's a quick ad that we can sit through. So it's this is actually not in English because I am traveling internationally. Uh, so we'll Ooh, what product are we getting sold here? I don't know. But I'm moving on. It looks like health care of some kind. Come, come on. Uh, 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 audio starting for the video uh, only the most professional show cross counter TV is rating just in time for the ad great perfect thank you cross counter TV We are in St. Louis, and Hotline League Live is about to happen. This is amazing because uh, it's great that we can throw together a event for all the fans uh, who want to catch something other than just the games tomorrow. Uh, it's been awesome working with Alienware and Intel. I know Buddy's been really excited about the Area 51M, which is helping us make this whole thing happen. Uh, fans should be coming in any second, and uh, I'm just really excited about this whole thing. that we would normally use a much larger product for. We're routing an SLI-slotted Declan Quad 2 card, which is an internal 
card for, you know, a, like a big desktop computer that we've routed through Thunderbolt, and we're now routing all of our cameras, everything that we're switching on this show, to the Area 51M. This is my video switcher. It's, everything is in this computer. I came with three bags to St. Louis, and we created an entire live stream. I've never been able to do that before. There is no other laptop that's this powerful. Um, believe me, I've, I've tried to find it. It's bonkers. Thanks so much to Alienware and Intel for making uh, that live show happen. Uh, and also thanks to Cross Counter TV who raided us during that ad break. Perfect time to raid somebody whenever they're trying to promote a product uh, at a brand. And DJ Wheat's in the, shout, or in the chat, uh, so shout out to him. And I think I saw Zareen. Whatever. Some people. So thanks to Cross Counter TV. You can go check out their show. They have an untitled esports show that they do every week. I don't really know what it's about. I've tuned in a couple times. It's mostly slasher ranting and raving. Anyway, <laughs> Mark, you want to move on to the next call? Off he goes. A uh, couple quick shout-outs while we're getting our next color. Anime Girls for Christmas, up for six months. And Smoke Dog hit one year. Happy anniversary, Travis. Thanks, Smoke Dog. Uh, really appreciate it. We're getting our next color here. On the show, Ventus Official is here. Ventus, you've been on the show before, I think, right? Oh, did I lose Discord? What? Discord's dying right now. Let me see if I can switch our server so that we have better issues. <laughs> of course, the moment we get raided, we have technical issues. Discord killing me. Server settings. We're going to change to Hong Kong. Hello? Hello. Hello. There we go. Audio fixed. Ventus officials here. Ventus, where are you calling from? Welcome, Cross Counter TV. This is Hotline League, where things go fucking wrong every 10 seconds. Yes. I'm calling from the DMV, or D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. My bad. I was like, dude, come on. Why are you at the DMV at 10 p.m.? Where are no. you calling from? Dude, the, long, the line is just so long. I've, just, I've been here all day. Uh, the D.C. area. The D.C. area. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, Twitch chat, hopefully you can hear us. For those that just joined us via the raid, we are broadcasting from a hotel in Vietnam, um, which has presented certain technical issues we've been trying to tackle and are continuing to tackle. Either way, uh, thanks for calling in, Ventus. I think you've called in before, correct? I have. All right, and very I've good. been here in spirit every episode. Well, thank you. Um, wow. Also, if you can get a little closer to your microphone, I've turned you up to 200%, but you're still a little quiet. Okay, is this better? That's way better, yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So I think that the NALCS would benefit from geolocation, if done right, even if they're still playing in California with the help of sponsors. And so first, I want to say, like, the pros of geolocation. First, it would be uh, 
people would be fans of teams instead of players and people who don't have a team, which I am one of those people, um, would have a team to root for because like for me, I have been watching NALCS for so long and I wa also I watch every Travis Gafford interview, you know, so I kind of feel like I know players on every team and I kind of am rooting for them. Uh, so I don't really have a team. And so I feel like geolocation would help in that sense. Um, but I think to make it work, you would have to incorporate the sponsors for Riot um, to do something cool. And so like examples of that would be, and keep in mind, I know that this might be a little unrealistic, but this is like my, this is what I think of when I'm bored. Um, so if they got like Buffalo Wild Wings to sponsor uh, NALCS, right? then at every Buffalo Wild Wings, they could have a TV with that team that is geolocated uh, playing that one match. They could have some sort of contract negotiation for that. Or even if they didn't geolocate, they could do like match of the day. You could also do like regal movie theaters, um, something like that. Like overall, I think like they need to do something with sponsorships to increase the fan viewing experience or change things up you could even do like htc with the vibe and have like a virtual reality esport arena um things like that but like overall i feel like if you geolocate that's going to help a lot of teams gain fans not because of their players because players come in and out like a revolving door even players that have been like afro was on clg and they moved to 100 thieves like how many clg fans moved to 100 thieves because of that so, and I also feel like a lot of teams are not really reaching or doing very much to make them fans of their team besides like fans of the players, um, besides like a hundred D's, maybe golden guardians. There's a few options, but I feel like it would add innovation to the space and it, it would be a really good opportunity. Um, but if executed poorly, it would not do well. So okay. those are just my so, thoughts. So this is our quarterly geolocation topic. Uh, I feel like yes. every, once every two to three months we either talk about geolocation. Um, I think the unique part, and I assume, Mark, the reason you picked the call was because of sort of the discussion around bringing sponsors in and sort of an idea of what that would actually look yeah, like. Yeah, more the implementation. Yeah. yeah. So... On the high level, for people who haven't heard our geolocation things before, I think Mark and I are both in favor of geolocation. Uh, for those that don't know what that means, because maybe you know you don't follow Overwatch League or whatever, it would basically be like Team Liquid are the San Francisco Team Liquid, and you'd have the uh, well, actually, probably be more like San Francisco Golden Guardians since they've got the Warriors up there, and you'd have um, the Texas or Houston Clutch, and you'd you'd sort of find which teams have certain affiliations with different teams or regions, and then you you officially make that the case. Uh, I was originally against geolocation, um, and then I saw Overwatch League do it. It doesn't make sense to me how it worked, but it feels like it worked. And so I am on board with it, and it does help give orgs a bit of identity, and as you pointed out, Ventus, uh, they orgs have had a really hard time creating their own identities, identities that last beyond or extend beyond their players. So uh, this would at least give them a leg up. Um, in terms of the sponsorship side of it, I think it's interesting. I do, I actually, it's not a bad idea to try to come up with like, all right, in a world where unlike Overwatch League, 
you know, League of Legends doesn't start to put all these teams in different cities and have arenas or whatever, what do the on-site experiences look like? Like if I am uh, in San Francisco or the Bay Area and I care about following the Golden Guardians because they're affiliated with my region, like where can I go watch these games? Um, and so I actually think that that would be kind of neat. And then, you know, one thing, Mark, I'm kind of curious about your take on this. I don't know if you saw this, but Overwatch League did an event in Texas where it was like for the, I think the Dallas Field hosted it. And they actually brought like a lot of games, like the teams out and they did a whole thing in Dallas and you could watch it. And it, it wasn't part of like a finals or anything like that. It was just kind of like, imagine if week five of the LCS took place at the Oracle arena in the Bay area. Cause the, and the golden guardians host like LCS week five, and you can just go watch all that. I actually think that that would be kind of cool. So, um, I don't know, Mark thoughts. Yeah, I think I like that. So like my stance on geolocations, I think traveling around all that stuff is actually kind of dumb. And that was why when I heard the Overwatch League pitch, I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like that's such burnout, like just knowing the pro player lifestyle and what they like and all that stuff. But when it was just like, yeah, it's mostly a name and like with like on-site activations for fans, like that's when I was like, oh, that's that's not a bad idea. And so if the entire league partners with Buffalo wild wings and they host viewing parties in each city for their teams or something every time, or maybe the teams themselves pick out their like kind of local scene thing that they're going to do like, Oh, you're Buffalo wild wings. Well, we're like, you said, you know, Regal cinemas or arc light or something. And, and everyone has like the place that their fans are supposed to locally go to. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like overall, if, if you just geolocate, but you don't really do much, I feel I can see why people have are like, oh, it's a global league. And that's true. Like there are people around the globe who have teams like there will definitely be people here who are still like Team Liquid or TSM fans. Hopefully we get Team Liquid because I know Steve is from our area. But, you know, um, but I feel like if you actually you can do things besides building arenas in these cities, even if that is the end goal, there there are steps to take before that where you can add where you can incorporate sponsorships and make the regionalization like actually effective and increase the viewing experience. I feel like the sponsorships and stuff are nice that they're doing, but I feel like it doesn't really increase the viewer experience to say. And I feel like it's a big opportunity to actually like find new ways. Like, honestly, if there was just like a virtual reality arena for league or world or something like that would be a cool viewing experience. I would pay money for that. Um, and like you could partner with HTC and I feel like geolocations in general give a lot of opportunity, not only to teams to like figure out their own stuff, but to utilize and like, I don't know, kind of like, incentivize sponsors to do stuff besides like give money and like have name recognition with the broadcast like i feel like there's so many ways you can incorporate quote unquote non-endemic sponsors with geolocation that would really benefit both parties and i feel like it's a it's amazing opportunity and i'm surprised that there's not as much innovation in the space both from a lot from teams for trying to get fans and from Riot in general. Um, but I'm also not in the loop for what they're doing with their sponsorships, so I know that seems kind of weird. 
Um, but those are honest. That, that's just my opinion on things. Jack says he thinks any city would be awkward in front of Cloud Nine. What if well, it was? Think, uh, what if it was behind Cloud Nine? Cloud, Cloud, Cloud Nine, St. Louis. Cloud Nine, Chicago. I think that'd be great. Cloud Nine. Uh, what was the city in Bioshock Infinite in the sky? Um, Columbia or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. I, I agree with the point that, like, um, you know, the the brands in Overwatch League were largely. Dis- designed from the ground up to incorporate uh those kinds of names and they didn't really do that for league like some of the newer ones kind of did with like clutch gaming and golden guardians and stuff like that so those ones feel a little closer but the old school teams don't have that but i still think i would like to see that for the long-term health of the league figured out a little bit um so like yeah putting slapping a city name in front of c9 sounds weird but how can we what if teams, that? like, adopted a city? Well, I mean, like, what do you... In terms of branding, what does that mean? Well, you know, like, maybe you don't necessarily need to have it be, like, the Las Vegas Cloud Nines, but you you tell the story, which is, hey, we are tired of... or Look, okay, here's something I've been thinking about lately, and this is kind of what I was hinting at with the hosting an away match or away weekend or something like that. Um, If you are a League of Legends fan, you really have to go to Los Angeles if you want to see your team play, probably, right? Think about St. Louis. St. Louis had two teams that were there, TSM and Team Liquid. But what if you're a Cloud9 fan and you live in the Midwest? All right, well, when's the next time that we're going to return to the Midwest? And is Cloud9 going to be there? What if what if they have a, a rough split and they don't make it? Um, and so I think it's kind of unfortunate that the LCS is really so stuck in LA. It kind of sucks for the, the rest of the North American fans. So I think having the story be, look, we want to break out of LA as a league and... Cloud9 is going to take Miami and they're going to do cool events in Miami. They're going to reach out to the community there. They're going to have like a great experience there. Maybe maybe there's some sort of like brand stuff happening there. I don't know. But you somehow kind of affiliate them even if it's not as official as like the Miami Cloud9s. And then what ends up happening and, and I think it'd be cool because some because the other thing I was thinking about, I, I know this all sounds kind of like half-formed or whatever, because it is half-formed, but the other thing I was thinking about <laughs> is um, Madison Square Garden, which owns CLG is in, in New York, they own different venues. Um, a lot of these sports orgs own different venues. I would love to see an LCS week, like once a split. It's not just like T- TSM and TL coming to St. Louis. Um, it's CLG with Madison Square Garden... You know, the Chicago Theater for one weekend is going to have all 10 teams show up and you're going to watch LCS there. I just, I think that that would be really nice. I understand that there are financial realities around it and I don't know what that looks like, but I think I'm kind of tired of the LCS being so locked away in LA um, because I feel like League of Legends esports is a great experience that I'd love to see people around North America enjoy. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. just think about the, the logistics of how they have to, like, you know, I see all those giant red crates that they pack up full of, like, all the tech that they need to, to broadcast this at a high quality. And that is a, a, a big ask to, like, be able to move that around multiple times to split for, like, not very high uh, importance so, games. So what you sense. do is you so, start like, telling these companies they're on the – so, like, MSG is this giant event company, right? Tell MSG that they're on the hook to make it work. Like, okay, MSG, you need to sell the tickets. You need to bring the sponsors. You need to provide the gear or something and see if they're interested in making that work. I feel like a lot of these companies would. You know, if, if you gave MSG, like, hey, Madison Square Garden, summer split, you told them right now, summer split of 2020, week six, we want you to, if you want, you can have all of LCS come to New York. You just need to make it work. I feel like there's a good chance that they would go for it. I feel like if you just incorporated, if you just did that with playoffs, that would work. Like you could still, what if you just did the regular season in California, but then you did playoffs somewhere else? And those are important weeks, so people would show up. Playoffs in some place else you're uh, saying? Yeah, he's yeah. saying put playoffs uh, in other other cities. I think that's just really hard to make happen because you you like the nice thing about having it happen in week six is that you don't have to worry about where we're going to be next week. Like if if it traveled around like worlds, that's like pretty intense on the travel perspective or whatever. But if it's just one isolated week, that'd be great. By the way, some people in chat are saying, "What's the incentive?" These are event companies; they make events happen all the time and profit off of them, you know? So I feel like, and they have sales teams, they know how to have on-site activations, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that's the incentive is, hey, we're going to fill your arena, or you're going to fill your arena with league fans, and you need to make it work. And I think the other idea that this all stemmed from was the idea of giving fans something to latch on to beyond, I like this player, or this team is good. Like... Some people won't care about that stuff. Like, oh, this is this the the team that represents my city, and that's what I thought. Like, I was the, of the opinion that like, if you don't actually have anything physically there, then fans aren't going to give a fuck. But apparently, based off what I've seen from Overwatch League, just slapping names in front of things and branding it appropriately and doing a couple fan events is actually enough to make people kind of fans of their local quote unquote local team. So, yeah. you know, I I was I was surprised that from what i can tell the effectiveness of the overwatch league model where they don't actually even really geolocate so i was like all right how can we how can we incorporate something similar yeah i i just want to see i just want to see us get out of la and i don't know what the i don't know if that's geolocation i don't know if that's something like what i was just talking about but i think it'd be nice to see more um than just the la studios but Riot's budget cutting everything, so it's probably a month. Any other thoughts, Ventus? Well, um, yeah, uh, I'll try to make it quick since this has been a little long. Um, I also think that teams could be doing things to um, get fans of their organization besides um, besides like fans of their players. Like I feel like Hundred Thieves does a really good job of this. But like for example, uh, for Cloud Nine, right? You have a bunch of different 
esports, um, like Rocket League, League, uh, Counter Strike. So like have a podcast with Jack or whoever, and then have different uh, people in those esports on every week. Like I feel like things like that. I don't feel like organizations are doing anything. Nobody like cares that about like, anything other than their one esport. Yeah, I, but I, I will tell like you right now, like that to, stuff like, doesn't. People to care. I mean, so some of that stuff does happen. Like orgs do that. Optic did that for a while, I believe. Um, and media companies will try I to do like sports center style shows where you talk about multiple esports. But the amount of people that watch League of Legends that care about any other esport is a very small overlap. And by the way, that one esport might be CSGO. So then if you're showing them League of Legends and Call of Duty, then they just don't care. People aren't going to sit through content <laughs> yeah. about stuff they don't care about. I, I had a meeting recently with um, some podcast people. And we talked about they, they 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 were talking about a lot of stuff, and someone was like, "Oh man, there's not really like a podcast ESPN Sports Center show where someone Everyone. podcast breaks down." And I was like, "Let me let me save you like this is like literally thousands of dollars worth of advice just just handing this out." You're like, "I'm about to save you tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Don't do that." Just, just invest in a bunch of small shows that don't cost as much that are, uh, you know, specific to the game. Okay, I think I'm just biased because I tend to be more fans of organizations. Like, Cloud9, I like a lot of their different teams. And so, like, I think it would be super dope to, like, see Mango talk to, like, Jensen and Squishy from Rocket League. And, and there are definitely people... There's definitely people like you, and I'm not saying no one is like this, um, but from a business perspective, there are not enough of you to justify the production value that people usually put into a show like that. Yeah, this is one of the uh, those okay. situations where you say something like this, and then five people on Twitch chat go, "Well, I like the Call of Duty team too," or "Well, I also kind of follow Smash." It's like, okay, that's great, but you're not like you doing that is not representative of a massive audience willing and able to support a show that covers every single esport. Anyway, we are kind of off topic, Ventus. I'm sorry, but we do have to move on to last. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, adding me, uh, to the call and, uh, shout out to Alienware offline TV. I'm really digging the podcast and, uh, I guess Travis Gafford industries. Thanks dude. Have a good one. You too. Mark, can, can you I just shout say, out my cat? Fucking really. Can I just say I appreciate you? Why I realize that? I haven't been very positive this episode. I just want to say it's really I appreciate I know that your your sleep schedule's messed up and stuff, so the fact that you're taking the time to be on this show is it's really nice. Yeah, you can see I'm really putting my all in. I mean it's about as much as you normally put. Uh all right. That's true. Last guy. Can you please the recent Ovley interview with Double If posted on TL channel? I want to see you and Mark Z reaction. I don't know what that means. I'm not just gonna to watch the Ovley Double If thing. Yeah, I don't know. OPTSM eh. fan is here. OPTSM fan, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Uh, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. You've been on the show before. Yep. Many times. And uh, thanks for being a Twitch sub. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, just the quick thing is that if Team Liquid doesn't get fourth or essentially doesn't make it out of group stage, 
then I think it's a failure. But if they make it to finals, then I think they're probably the best international team that NA's ever had. Okay, this is there's two. I I like that you have two very strong. We're on on one end of the spectrum or the other here. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, first off, what do you think they're gonna do? I think that they're going to choke and somehow one of the uh, either Fong Vu or Flash Wolves is gonna gonna come back the next week on Hotline League and everyone's gonna be really depressed and say, "Oh, I knew it," and it was so and so that did it in this series and it's just like no it's just they just choked again so are you saying this because you're a tsm fan no not really i mean there's they're, they're t- tsm's not at this tournament they didn't win so they're not relevant right now well uh, would tsm get out of groups if they played well i mean it doesn't it, it, it's irrelevant <laughs> to talk about it yeah. right now <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to trap you. It's, it's yeah. best of right. I'm, um, not, I'm, I think, not, I'm not one of those TSM fans. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree that if TL doesn't get fourth, it's a massive disappointment. And I agree that if they make finals, um, I think they're – so we were talking about this a lot too, about like CLG 2016, like how good were they really, how – you know, were they the best international team well, that they ever sent? And I think – the two contenders for best in a team internationally are C9 last year and CLG in 2016, right? Well, I think it raises the question of when you say best, are you saying best performing or were they like one of the most skilled teams we've sent? Because I would argue CLG was not the best performing or like not the best skilled team. There's probably a number of teams that were more skilled, like some of the TSM rosters. The CLG team that we sent to MSI was just better prepared and had an earlier read on the meta at that time and had some really good plays from McSmithy as well and who he with his pocket ace hole. Yeah, they, they had a very unique play style that which ended up taking over the world where no one was really playing range supports and that's kind of what they were doing. And uh, they surprised a lot of people with their drafts. They had good good creative planning and stuff like that, but I don't think that they were a better team than, say, 2017 or 2016 TSM at Worlds or anything like that. So I would say that if they make the finals of this, they're probably the best, but I, it depends how they get there a little bit. Like I I don't know how, but like if they play flash wolves again and, and like, I would want to see them have an impressive win against G2 uh, SKT or IG in, in semis, which it feels like they would have to to get to, to finals. But if they don't and they have to play Flash Wolves or something, I would not be like, wow. Well, I mean, I, I'll say this. If Flash Wolves and Liquid make it, someone's really dropped the ball because I don't yep. see that ever happening. So, like, I'm I, in my scenario, they've made fourth and they're going to probably play, like, IG when G2 plays SKT on the other side or something like that. It'll be, like, one versus four. And yep. if they could yep. do that, then it's like unequivocally i don't think you could say that they're not the most talented team that we've said and i know jack's in the chat so no offense jack i still rooted for you guys and everything but it was just (laughs) yeah that's where that's where i think we're at right now right and i I mean i think in a lot of ways this even if that happens like let's say they play play g2 and they beat g2 in quarters or in semis and then they play in finals and lose like i would still say in some ways c9's run last year was more impressive it was more surprising uh because it's a world they came through play-ins they had to have pull off like monstrous games against rng and 
you know, Afrika. So like, that's all really impressive. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think you can make the case that if they make finals and they beat another really good team for one of these regions, then yeah, it's, it's probably the best, uh, North American international representative. Oh, well, yeah. Well, at that point it's the best performing and probably the most talented if they win finals. Well, yeah, but not if, win. I just mean make, make finals okay. even that you could argue best performance. Maybe. Yeah. If it's close, but on the other side of the take is that if they don't get it this is a huge failure and i think it'll be i think na fans should start questioning in my opinion double lift at international events because it'll be a reoccurring theme at that point but the that's just it's just a weird thing for me to say for for me to hear because i cue all the people on twitch chat being like oh i don't know if a double but look i agree with you if he has consistently been choking at all these things. And certainly he didn't do well for a while. But, you know, as Mark and I have talked about before on the show, I think there's a pretty good understanding that he did well last year. And if he shows up and the failures are elsewhere, like in the draft or in top lane or wherever, top lane, it just jungle, it feels, mid, yeah, anything. Yeah. It feels weird yeah, to no, just no, be no. like, well, double lift sucks. Don't send him to international events. Well, no. Okay. Obviously that that's fair, Travis. And obviously if you, I put in the cart before the horse a bit, but that's assuming that from what double lift said, when this team was made that he has two worlds winners on his team, a world semifinalist and a MSI semifinalist. And he has the least accolades internationally of all the people on his team. So it's like, if everyone was to perform to their level now, yeah, but this granted, was, these, the a lot of these things are from years ago, like impact winning well, worlds I'm years ago is like, great. Telling you what, Peter said. what? I'm telling you what Peter said when the video came out that this team, yeah, it's a great made. soundbite and he's great at producing. Yeah. It's a high I piece. I don't think that that's like, <laughs> well, uh, if X Smithy and impact choke, like that they're at least they are msi finalists and world champions so uh it's clearly oh, it on that kid in the bot lane who can't get his shit together you know no. like I, no it's not it's not a way to scapegoat them out just because they had one good season many years ago i'm just saying that most if, if they do that my assumption going forwards is that it's going to be based off of double lift because outside of in my opinion last year's worlds where he looked really really good and then just most recently, I don't think he looked really good in the Fongvu series. But if they don't make it, I think it's going to be off the back of him. Not because if they don't make it, it has to be. It's just it's odd for me to well, hear that when when most people are considering their bot lane to be their strength. Like it feels I like mean, it's most likely that if they have issues, it won't be in the bot lane. I mean, the the weird part for me about this conversation is we're we're saying like if they do this, then they'll be great. And if they don't do this, they'll be bad. As opposed to saying, you know, I just don't think it'll happen because I don't believe in double lift. Like if you were taking the opinion that double lift isn't good enough and not a great international leader, and you're just saying, well, this is my thoughts, but it feels like you're determining what the takeaway is going to be without seeing what happens and okay, not saying fair. like, Oh, you know, like no, that's fair. If, cause, cause I think you can say, you know, like I think the rest of the team is really solid. They've all had international success. Double if is the only one who hasn't. So I think that they're going to choke like NA always does. And it'll be on Peter. Like if that's your, if that's your point, hot take, I appreciate it. 
then maybe I've just been explaining it wrong, and that has been my take the whole time. Okay, okay, cool. And I, I will I'll admit that I probably just worded it wrong and lol TSM fan delusion. What I will agree with you on is he doesn't have an excuse um, from a support perspective this this year. Because in the past, it's like, okay, well, Biofrost is kind of new. He's still like a younger player. Or oh, Ole's like benching himself at MSI. Uh, it's hard whenever he's got the MVP, the league MVP in his lane with him. So I agree that yeah. if like things are going bad in the bot lane, it's going to be hard to come up with an excuse to defend his behavior. But Lord knows I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I wouldn't expect any less from you. That's for sure. That's why I support you. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think it's I think it'll be really interesting. I don't think he'll perform too badly, but I mean, if he's getting slapped by Teddy and Jackie Love and I don't know whoever else. I think I my biggest Kirk, thing whatever. is that, yeah, I think if what we saw from like the Fong Vu series where people start focusing uh, Core JJ's support pool again, I think Frost and you were talking about it, how he just looks so different the way that Team Liquid plays when he's on the likes of like Kench and Braum. If that could inherently make bottom lane look worse. And maybe not just being all on double lift. So that'll that's something I think will be interesting going forward into group stage. Yeah, we were saying we liked him a lot on Kench and Brom. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I think that might be it. Do you have any other thoughts, OPTSM fan, or any shout-outs or anything? Uh, that home-and-home home series from Overwatch that you were talking about was awesome. I was there. Uh, I think that Hotline League doing great content thanks travis for everything mark z and yeah tsm fans are delusional <laughs> thanks dude have a good one <laughs> yeah well uh that is the show i want to thank everyone for watching and apologize i know this isn't one of our stronger episodes we've had tech issues and uh it's a little bit of a weird world for me over here uh dealing with all the stuff so uh, I think, look, I get not the best episode of Hotline League, but hopefully you guys still enjoyed it. I don't know what you mean, dude. My cat killed it this episode. Your cat always kills it. I believe that's why your cat tunes in. Or people tune in because you can, you're he's just. I think he can hear you a little bit through the speakers, and your voice is just so good for putting people to sleep. He just comes up and falls right asleep. I assume there's a lot of people that fall asleep listening to the show. Like at night, you know. I mean, given how late it is on the wet, on the East Coast, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's great. People love it when I host them or raid them after the show is done because those viewers aren't going. You got all the sleep away. viewers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jack was talking in here earlier. He hasn't talked for a while. I assume he's conked out. Uh, anyway, put Jack to sleep. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to shout out, plug here at the end? Uh, nothing to shout out specifically. I had fun on the the AD. We'll see. Uh, you know, going forward, and I think I uh, people are offline TV fans. Sorry, like both of our editors, their premiere is acting really weird. Broden's premiere, he's supposed to have made the D and D thing like a week and a half ago before he left for Vietnam, and it blew up. And so now we're just like, well, we haven't put out any content for a little bit because this shit. 
I can attest to that, by uh, the way. He's been having a ton of issues with Premiere here, and we're hoping it gets fixed. I need it to get fixed before we start doing interviews. Otherwise, things are going to get messy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I'm in the same boat. Um, trying to think. Uh, on my end, we're going to have interviews start going up soon, uh, just a couple days from now. Uh, Brett and I were talking, and as long as Premiere is working, I should be able to. I could, last year during MSI, we did like a little daily blog. Um, you know, it's like four to five minutes long. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that again. We'll see what the internet and everything's like at the final hotel that we're moving to soon. Um, and I'm sorry that the channel's been a little quiet. I'm sorry that the show had tech issues. I apologize to all of you. I apologize that my opinions don't always like line up perfectly with yours. Um, I understand that to some of you that makes me a cuck, but I I love you anyway. Um, other than that, I think that's the show. Thanks everyone for watching. This has been Hotline League episode 74.